of what we would do. We would gather right in front of the front office, at least on my freshman year. Later, later on in my high school experience, they actually asked us to get out of the building and then eventually off of school grounds. But at least in my freshman year, we were allowed to create a prayer circle right in front of the front office. And so that's what we would do. We would gather there in the morning, we would create a circle, and we would pray. It was a part of our daily routine. And then about 45, 50 days into the school year, a young man came. Now, we all knew who this person was. He had always been kind of a nuisance. He was a little bit of, well, he just wasn't a nice person. Most of us really didn't like him. And in fact, a big part of the reason that we hadn't seen him up to that point was because in our eighth grade year, right after school ended, him and a friend broke into our eighth grade school, stole all the computers, and then basically broke them to pieces. He didn't do it because he wanted the merchandise or something else. He did it sheerly to destroy The school, after getting the police and everybody else involved, and who knows all the things that went into it, had decided that his penalty, along with whatever it was, was that he would be suspended for the first 45 days of the school year. You see, it gave him just enough time to where when he came back, he was just able to pass. Now, not do well, not really succeed well, but pass. And so there he was, 45, 50 days into the school year, joining our prayer circle. His hair trimmed significantly shorter than the last time I had seen it, wearing a cross necklace made out of a bar of soap. He joined our prayer circle. And several members of our prayer circle did not like it. Some of them left. Others, as we would gather around the circle, I noticed would kind of give him a a side eye. Like they didn't trust him. And we would pray. And the irony of it all never really was lost on me. You see, because every now and again, I think think because members of our group just wanted to appease us more conservative members, they would allow us to have the Lord's Prayer from time to time as part of our morning prayer. And the irony of it all never really left me that we would sit here and we would pray, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those that trespass against us while giving a side eye to a person who had hurt us, to a person who had burned us, to a person who had destroyed part of at least what was our old school. No, it wasn't lost on me. How often do we say the Lord's Prayer? Do we say it every day? Maybe sometimes multiple times a day? Maybe Maybe we at least say it once a week as we gather here around the very word of the Lord and we speak that prayer, we pray that prayer, and we pray those words, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. How many times have we prayed those words with hate on our heart? With something on our heart left undone, some forgiveness left ungiven? How many times have we failed? Even at that, 
Oh, I know. We're, we're so used to saying it. It's, it's just by rote memory. And so we just kind of say it really fast and we don't really think about it. And maybe that's what it is. We, we, we have this on our heart, but we don't think about what we're actually praying, what we're actually saying to our Heavenly Father. It doesn't occur to us that we are also called to forgive. Not just to receive forgiveness, but to forgive as well. And forgiveness can be hard. It can take time. But it's what we as Christians are called to do. Now as we look at that, we might be wondering, is this the point of all of this? Is this why Jesus gives this prayer to the disciples? It's certainly emphasized, and in Matthew, the Lord's Prayer appears two times in Scripture, in Matthew 6 and in Luke, in today's text, in the Gospel lesson. In Matthew 6, the, the idea of forgiveness and being forgiveness and being forgiven is, is really emphasized. In the Gospel of Luke, we have kind of an emphasis more upon the good and gracious gifts that our Heavenly Father gives to us, and we might be tempted to ask that question, is this the point? Is the point of the Lord's Prayer simply to bring to bear the law even more upon us? To remind us that we have failed? And the answer is no. Lord, teach us to pray, the disciples ask. And Jesus responds by teaching them a prayer. A beautiful prayer, but a prayer that is intimate. Notice how it starts. Father in heaven. Father. That's what we call God. We call God our Father. Our heavenly Father. It's a very intimate prayer. That we pray as the people of God. But not just the people of God, right? Go back to 1 John 3 and all of a sudden we have it right there. We are to be called the very children of God. This is the relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father. We are His children. He is our Father. And we go to Him in prayer. And in that prayer, we are given some very wonderful gifts. In that prayer, we realize that we have been given great gifts. We have received the forgiveness of sins. We have been delivered from evil. We ask our Lord to lead us away from temptation. Yes, we are given some very good and wonderful gifts. We're given some very good things. And in that forgiveness that we so freely receive from our Heavenly Father, that enables us to turn and to see and as we look at those people that have sinned against us, we realize not only that we are great sinners, but that we have been forgiven. And as great sinners who have been forgiven, we forgive others. We forgive those that have done minor sins, those that have done sins against us. And so, yes, we ask for God's forgiveness and we turn in that forgiveness and we also give it to others. Forgive us our sins. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. You know, it took quite a bit of time. But eventually, 
many of the people that were originally part of our prayer circle came back. It took them some time. They had to reflect upon it. Forgiveness isn't always easy. Sometimes it's hard and challenging, and sometimes it takes a while to work through things, but yet they came back. Two years later, that young man who first walked in with a bar of soap in the shape of a cross hanging from his neck would be the leader of our prayer group. I don't know what he went through that summer. I don't know what caused it all to begin with. Over several talks, for whatever reason, he never wanted to really discuss it, and we didn't pry. By the time he was a senior in high school, I really thought he was going to be a preacher. He was very gifted in speaking. He was very much in in charge of our prayer group, the leader of our, our FCA at our public high school. He was very outgoing. He didn't. He became a computer software engineer, so he's a very good, outspoken Christian who's programmed software, uh, but he's, he's a good guy. But he basked in the forgiveness that not only he received from his heavenly father, but also that he was finally able to receive from us, his fellow students. As Christians, this is who we are called to be. To receive the very grace and forgiveness of God. To know that we stand forgiven before our heavenly father, whom we can call heavenly father, whom we can call our father. And in that forgiveness, in that grace, in that mercy, to give it away to others. To give it away freely as we have received. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. At this time, please stand.